welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to Welcome in to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm half of your host team as always, JT from Sports with JT, WFMH, along with Tom Sims. Yeah, Tom Sims, I don't have any of those uh, hashtags or acronyms. No radio show for me. I'm just here for the podcast. Look, you keep working hard. You keep your nose to the grindstone. You take your vitamins, say your prayers. You'll have one one day too. Sweet. Hey, speaking of, that's what uh, we're going to, uh, Misty and I are going Halloween. We made our decision today. She's going as Hulk Hogan. I'm going as Stone Cold. <laughs> oh, that's what we were going as. <laughs> you can still do it. We, we can we can have a battle royal as to who gets the, uh, the, the, the top <laughs> costume. But uh, again, welcome in. As you know, this we're headed into week four. We've got one humongous game this week, uh, Alabama hosting Georgia. But first off, on the intro, we're going to change something. I guess we do this every week, but I'm going to change it up to where we're going to have a segment called Commentary. And here, I'm going to take the first one. And Tom has not been given the subject. He's going to react organically, as he likes to say, to what I'm about to talk about. But I got to thinking, you know, when I'm – and I love doing podcasts. I love my radio show, uh, Sports of JT. But I tell you what it does is – you, you, I enjoy the games, but I find myself making mental notes. Oh, I need to talk about this. Hey, I need to talk about that. You know, so I don't really know if I enjoy the game like I used to because it's kind of become a job. And although it's a volunteer job, and volunteer don't volunteer kids. It doesn't pay. But anyway, <laughs> I was thinking today about Mac Jones. You know, I I, I made the mention uh, last week on this show and radio both is after two games, was Mac Jones closer to the Heisman than Joe Burrow was after two games last year? And it's debatable. Joe Burrow had nine touchdown passes last year uh, after two games. I don't think Mac even has nine yet because we got, what, seven rushing touchdowns last week or something? It was something crazy Um, because I think he threw for two. But here's what I was thinking today. Is Mac Jones our T. Martin? If you remember, I figure most people listening to this podcast remember T. I Martin so. from uh, from Tennessee, and the parallels are pretty amazing. Okay, Peyton Manning, by far the best quarterback Tennessee has ever had, uh, played there four years, played 94, 95, 96, 97, didn't win a national title, got screwed out of a Heisman Trophy. Does that sound familiar? To a tongue of Aloha, plays uh, three years for Bama. Of course, he, he – and so immediately you're going to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, he won a national title. Well, did he? Did he? Did he? Mm. Because Should've here's the deal. To the podcast. He has, he has a ring. He does have a championship ring. But, my friends, that was Jalen Hurts' team all year long. I mean, honestly, Tua played mop-up duty. Granted, we saw flashes. My gosh. You know, when he would come in, it was just amazing. It was a joy to watch him play. And we don't win the national title without him. Trust me, we do not win the national title without him that year, but we don't win it without Jalen Hurts either. I mean, I don't know that we do or don't because who's to say if Tua had to play 
the full complement of games, the full complement of, uh, of quarters, first off, would he have stayed healthy for 14, 15 games? And two, you know, would we have, would we have beaten all the teams we beat, uh, you know, at, with, with Jalen at the helm? I mean, sure, we might have, but the bottom line is we didn't. So Peyton, uh, four years, no national title, screwed out of a Heisman, Tua, three years and no national title that was truly solely his and screwed absolutely screwed out of a Heisman um you know that going into the Auburn game that year where he threw five touchdown passes or six maybe he threw five and rushed for one it was a plethora dude he was like minus 400 minus 600 to win the the Heisman trophy uh, right around Iron Bowl week. And then we had one game left. Danny Connell and his ilk kept banging the drum. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. And it's the was the second biggest screw job in the history of the Heisman Trophy Trust because he deserved it. I mean, Kyler's a great player, but my gosh, dude, he's playing in the Big 12, which uh, as the podcast is called Shootout at the Ole Miss Corral, apparently we played in the Big 12 this past weekend. But as you know, and I'll wrap this up so Tom can, uh, can respond, uh, Peyton leaves. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Uh, enter T. Martin. He goes uh, four, thir- 13 or 14 and 0, whatever the number of games we played back then. I, I think it was 13 and 0, wins a national title. Mac, enter Mac Jones this year, and he is looking above solid. Like somebody said, he's not a game manager. He's a playmaker. So, Tom, I heard you say uh-huh. early that you hope that that is the case. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so when you threw that out there, I, I very well hoped it was the case because, as we know, T. Martin come in and was a much... L- now, here's where the parallels stop a little bit because T. Martin was not nearly, if I recall, because I did not uh, get to study up on this little session, but if I recall... T. Martin was not nearly as prolific as Mac Jones is coming out of the gate says. Uh, uh, you know, and he won the championship. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing that eluded Manning, and he he won it. And and last year, I think when we were doing this podcast, I'd mention the exact same thing to you. How terribly disappointing and sad it, it was looking like that Tua never got to champion his own his own championship squad you know he he never got to take them wire to wire uh you know he 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 won his title which was a huge contributor like you said but he he literally never started a game that year Mm -mm. so yeah i couldn't agree more and and i hope it's right just just for solely from the uh standpoint that t martin come back after peyton manning and and won that championship now I'm, i'm trying to think back when peyton manning uh, got screwed out of his trophy. Was that was that Desmond's year? No, no, no. That was a right team, wrong player. That was Charles Woodson. Oh, Woodson. The only, Woodson. Uh, the yeah, only Woodson. true no, defensive I, back. <clears throat> I guess the only true defensive player to ever want, win it, and he returned putts. And I, I mean, look, Charles Woodson was phenomenal and a great. Not only that, you know, a lot of times you see the. The Heisman Trophy does not uh, equate to NFL greatness. I mean, Herschel Walker was a disappointment in the NFL. Charlie Ward never took a snap in the NFL. You know, the uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Robert Griffin III, you know, has been a bust. Uh, the Heisman Trophy does Only not because always... of injury, though, for him. Uh, well, I truly believe that. Well, he, he might he, be. He tore it up his rookie season. And you might be right, but regardless. Uh, Charles Woodson, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's, you know, pro bowler. He, he the bottom line is. He was a is, package. First, you know, but here's the deal. And we talk, we've talked about this on the podcast before. 
Peyton Manning did not win the game he had to win. And I fully believe last year, if if we beat Joe Burr, if we beat LSU and we go on and beat and Tua stays healthy, I don't think Burrow wins it, even though he would have had the numbers because they were gonna make Burrow uh beat his uh you know, beat the nine hundred pound elephant in the room. Uh, and he did. He beat Alabama. Peyton Manning never beat Florida. If he beats Florida, I think they give it to him. But they he was penalized for that game. But still, it's a. I, I just thought it was interesting. I thought of that today and wanted to lead the show off. We've talked enough about that. We're running short on time as always. Before we get into winners and losers, I'm gonna try to do this the rest of the podcast. I don't know how successful I'll be, but uh, I'm gonna try to not use the letter D. D is in dog. I'm going to try not to use the letter D the rest of the uh, the podcast because here's the deal. Being a Bama fan, we had no D um, Saturday night, so I'm going to try not to, to use one. So let me give an example of what, we're going to, what, what I'm going to try to do. Alabama plays Georgia this weekend at Bryant-Any Stadium. If we don't play better on defense, they're going to knock our X in the earth. See how I left the D's out, Tom? <laughs> so it's a lot of days you were uh. we, will, we will see how this plays out uh the rest of the podcast <laughs> all right let's get into winners and losers uh winners uh tom's gonna lead us off but we've got four winners and he might have added some more we've got bama we've got georgia we've got a and m a and m and then we've got uh, Notre Dame, Clemson. Believe it or not, uh, and Bama. You might be thinking Bama winner. We played like crap, but uh, I will explain why I think we're in the winning column. But go ahead, Tom, take it away. Well, I'm going to tell you what right out the gate. I hadn't seen so many yards picked up since you and I were in Bourbon Street last time. <laughs> Bama on Saturday. Frankly, I've never seen them look so good. They had over 300 yards rushing, 400 yards passing by Mac Jones, who we just start, kept talking about there. Uh, we lost the turnover battle and still won by 15 on the road. And not only that, it would have been a 22-point win if we hadn't had the goal line fumble where Najee was already getting the signal for the next play when they <laughs> yanked it out and, and, and turned it over. But that's that could have been a 22-point road win. I mean, what more can you want out of an Alabama football team? You go on the road in the SEC and win by 22. You know, cut it back to 15 because of the, uh, uh, the fumble there. But still, solid, solid win there uh, by Bama. I have no issues with it. It's a great game. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I've got two words written down on my Bama, and it's survive and advance. And and that's what we're seeing. We talked about, and it's really coming to fruition. Is you're playing you're playing conference foes every week, and yeah, okay. You know, you might say, well, Vandy, Vandy's not. You know, I'd rather play Vandy than Middle Tennessee State or or Tulane or whatever. But here's the difference. All right, the Vandy kid probably has offers from Vanderbilt, Kansas, Illinois, Northwestern, NC State. Yeah, the five teams I just mentioned, they're not very good, but they're P5, where the kid from Middle Tennessee State, his offers are Tennessee State, Arkansas State, uh, you know, Liberty, and, um, you know, Florida Atlantic. 
those are group of five schools, and that's the difference. You're even if you're playing Vandy, even if you're playing South Carolina, you're playing Division One P five talent, and uh, and then you you take that kid I'm talking about, and you multiply that by eighty five. You know, on the whole, that that roster's normally going to be better than a than a group of five team. And a win is a this season. A win is a win is a win, and that's what we have to hang our hat on. I, I got no problem with that. I mean. <laughs> It was a, uh, it was almost, it almost felt like a loss. It really did. It just, uh, I hadn't had to watch an Alabama defense ever go through that much agony in a game. And it, and it really, it, it, it didn't feel good. It really didn't. No. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was less than stellar. <laughs> I, you know, I will always be a Bama fan. Nothing will change that. But I'll be honest with you, man. If this, if that was every week, which in the big 12, that is every week. If that was every week where we were having to score 60 to, to get a double digit victory, I mean, I wouldn't be as interested, you know. I mean, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Georgia Auburn last week, twenty-seven to six. That's the kind of football I like to see. Yeah, honestly, I get a bigger kick out of stopping a team three and out than I do scoring in two plays. That's just personally me. Now, don't get me wrong; I like to have them both. Mm-hmm. But when I when we can shut a team down. Uh, constantly three and out or, or hold them to less than 20, 25 yards of drive and, and, and have them on their heels the whole time. That's enjoyable for me to watch. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy watching us go up the field for 700 plus, but it, it took the wind out of it a little bit watching Ole Miss almost match us yard for yard. It was uh, it was bad, and, and uh, I like the 15-point win, but thank you, Najee Harris, for costing me second-half money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a knee next time, my friend. All right, uh, I got Georgia down as the my second winner, and, uh, I mean, it's the only team right now that's taking pride on defense. And, and, you know, the QB, two things, pride on defense, where they are actually playing really good D. And their quarterback is better than I thought, but more importantly, and we're going to see it this weekend, may possibly see it be the difference of the game. He's more mobile than I thought he would be. I, I figured we'd have a statue back there. That, the guy had a, a rushing touchdown against Tennessee, and that is concerning because Corral really hurt us when the plays would break down, and we're without Jordan Battle the first, uh, you know, the first half due to a targeting. So, um, you know, targeting, that, not targeting. Exactly. They are, uh, but that's why they are on the winner's bracket. One, they're undefeated, and uh, and two, they're playing the best defensive football by a long shot in the SEC. I thought that was an interesting game Saturday, particularly at the end of the half. I was watching that game, and Tennessee did didn't look terrible against Georgia in the first half. Now they they got some breaks. You know, they picked up the uh, fumble for the touchdown early. Got a short field for a second drive and end up hitting a long ball on, on one of the other drives to get them their 21 points in the first half. But I was sitting there watching. It was 21-17, to 17 and Georgia had the ball. And Kirby went for it again on third and fourth down, just pounding it up the middle like he, you know, he feels like he's the juggernaut team, trying to muscle mm-hmm. over them. 
and he got stuff. And I, I was telling uh, telling my buddy there before they uh, went for it on fourth down. I was like, you know, this is a huge, huge play. Tennessee gets the ball first in the first, uh, second half, and they had a four point lead. I said, if they stop them here. What kind of momentum is that going to take to the locker room? I mean, that's just huge. You, you've already stopped them. I don't know if they had it second goal from the one or third and goal from the one. I know they had at least two cracks at it from the one. Mm-hmm. And what a huge, huge play that is to stuff them. Plus, you get the ball first in the second half. I'm saying that's that's the kind of momentum you need. It's not over if they score, but if you hold them out here, Wow. That could be a real turning point in this game. And boy, was I dead wrong. They come out, I think Tennessee had 14 yards in the second half. They stuffed them there on fourth down, but ended up with 14 yards into the second half until the final garbage drive that mm-hmm. got like 42. It was, it was ridiculous. I think Georgia removed all doubt who the best defense in the country is. I already had said, you know, early in the year that I thought Georgia had the better defense in the SEC, but it's not even close. It, mm-hmm. It's not even in the same stratosphere. Uh, so that that was that was very impressive. Yeah, I agree. And you know, with Tennessee in the second half, I mean, I, there were two keys for Tennessee to win, um, and I said that they had to be plus two in in takeaways, and they were they were plus one, um, I think, in the first half. And then Guarantano had to be the best quarterback on the field, and neither one of those came true. Guarantano was terrible in the second half. Unlike my boy Mind in a must-win situation, A&M versus Florida, uh, I think you had um, Florida to win and cover. I said wrong team favored. We'll talk about that later. But uh, A&M, you know, I had to stick with them. I picked them on the on the on this podcast. I picked them on the radio show that I that I felt that they would uh, finish second in the West. They had to win this to finish second in the West. They couldn't go down one two, and uh, so they did. And and Mind looked like a senior quarterback should have looked in the, in the fourth quarter. And it came down to a turnover. Florida turned it over late, and uh, and Mind and they never and Florida never got the ball back. That was just a, a great game. By by A and M and you know got Jimbo off the hot seat for the time being, but uh, that, I put them in the winners bracket because usually when you play Bama you don't fare well the next the next week and A and M plays Bama, not a good game for them, and then they go and beat number four team in the country. And that and that's what I said last week. That's the reason I picked them that they were coming off the Bama loss and. Not only were you coming off the Bama loss, you were playing another juggernaut top five team, if you want to believe the polls, in the country. So back-to-back huge games, you didn't have a rest, you didn't have a lesser opponent, and even lesser opponents typically give you fits after uh, playing somebody so physical the week before. But uh, A&M, you know, they showed up. I mean, this game really reminded me a lot of the Bama game, except for they did have two punts in it. So uh, it's a little different, but... Not much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the last winner I've got is uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson, I, I predicted that they would flex their muscle. They would they would strip uh, Miami of their perceived top ten status. I, I thought it was inflated. You know, they Miami's got an athlete playing quarterback. That's what it is. He's a great athlete, but he is not. Uh, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's more Lamar Jackson which is a good good quarterback, but, you know, Lamar has not lived up to what he did last year. And, uh, and Clemson, I mean, man, I tell you what, if we play them this year, I do not want to hit um, 
I don't want to hit Trevor Lawrence hard. He got rocked, and dude, he loves it. Like he loves getting hit and showing him them that he's tough. And uh, they they just they, they're deserving of the number one ranking that they have. I, I fully, if I had a vote, that's who I would vote number one. And I do I actually we do have a vote tonight. And Notre Dame, I know they just beat Florida State. Florida State showed them more of a heartbeat than they have. But my gosh. Notre Dame and Clemson play in the the first, I think, first week or second week of November for the love of all that is good and holy. Please let Clemson beat them. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, they're in the playoffs. I don't care if they drop a game. They are going to be in the playoffs. We've got to get Clemson to beat them and and let the committee know, hey, do we really want to put Notre Dame in? Because, man, I'm not sure any team in the SEC is going to finish unscathed. They're not. I don't. I don't worry about that as much though. With the new ACC format this year, there are no divisions. So even if Notre Dame was to somehow pull a touchdown Jesus miracle, they'd have to do it twice because Clemson's going to be right back at them in the championship game. Uh, now, if they if they split, that's another story. But like you said, I fully expect them to drop more than more than just Clemson. But Clemson, wow. They they're dominant. They 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 are playing like a dominating team now. Yeah, I know it's ACC and so on and so forth. But Ole Miss ain't going over there and winning the ACC. No. And no. and Clemson sat there and stuffed what was, if I'm not mistaken, Miami had one of the top five offenses in the country going into that yard. I think they end up with like 201 yards, 205, something like that, two and some change. It wasn't much. So, dominated them on defense, which you know I love. And then, as you've already alluded to, Lawrence, ETN, they are uh, they're spectacular. They really are. It's going to take an effort to beat those guys, uh, particularly at playoff time. People sneak up on them during the season because they tend to coast, because mm-hmm. they don't have that challenge week in and week out. But when they come to play, they're a tough out. Yeah, and right now they, they they absolutely get my vote too. I think we can beat them. I think Georgia can possibly beat them, depending on how their quarterback plays. I mean, our quarterback is our strength. That we know we we felt like we're not better with him than we are with Tua, but we're 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 solid. We're above solid at quarterback. I think Bama with Mac Jones playing well can beat them. I think Ohio State can beat them. I think Georgia can possibly beat them. Outside of that, who? Oklahoma State? No, you know, no, no, not at all. So it's it's definitely going to be they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be hard pressed to to not win at all. All right, so that leads us into losers. I'm going to lead with this one and I, number one up on the board for me the SEC refs. Oh my gosh! Can wait, we, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What what's a ref? A referee. Oh, a referee. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Okay, as you remember last year, one of our meaningless topics, I said let's get rid of uh, let's get rid of instant replay, and I was I was for getting rid of it. You were against, and that was fun. We had a little fun banter back and forth. But here's the deal: if you're not going to if you if your self esteem as an as a referee is so low that you cannot stand getting booed by the home crowd because you have to change a call, then get rid of it. Because they absolutely blew a call at Jordan Harris Jer- excuse me Jordan Harris Stadium. I mean, it's pitiful. And I'm not a referee. I'll explain it in a minute. Here's the bottom line. The last three games at Jordan-Hare Stadium, we had the Iron Bowl, we had uh, Auburn hosting Kentucky, and we had Auburn hosting uh, Arkansas this past weekend. Hey, they all have something in common. 
They were all at Jordan Hare. And they all had controversial calls. Yes. Two, they have had three, they've had two, we have had, the conference has had two rule changes and one, I'm going to call it a rule clarification in those three games. Remember in the Iron Bowl, quickly, um, the the one second, you know, they, they got a first down, but it, was, it wasn't a first down. It was close. I don't know what they need to go to replay to see if it, I think that's what, it, I think that's why they replayed it. You know, did he get there or not? One second on the clock and Gus like, hey, you got to give me that second. You got to give me that second. And dang, if they didn't give him that second, they kick a field goal. And how bad did they beat us? They beat us by three. They changed that rule in the offseason where to get a snap off to either clock the ball or, or make a legal play, you have to have, I think it's three seconds on the clock. So there's one rule change. Last year, to end the game, the 12 men on the field, you know, I thought you could have 12 men on the field as long as the ball wouldn't snap. But, no, as long as the offense was ready to put the ball into play, you could only have 11. They changed that rule. This year, you can have the band, the cheerleaders, and every team, every person on your team on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And until the ball is snapped, you're legal. Now, if they snap the ball, it's going to be illegal participation. So the two rule changes, and now Nix drops the ball on the what he's going to do to clock it. And like I said, I'm not a referee. And me and Gober are sitting here watching it, and they, they throw a flag. So immediately we're like, what's the flag on? What's the flag on? It took me about 10 seconds. I said, you know what? I said, I think once you drop the ball, I don't think you can clock it. I think you have to make a successful center quarterback exchange. And once you drop the ball, you can run a play, you know, if you want to hand it off or throw it downfield or whatever, but you can't clock it. Not only did he clock it, he clocked it behind him, which is a God-blessed fumble, guys. Come on. I mean, and yes. Arkansas absolutely lost that game because of that, because if they, they got the ball, they in the continuation of play, they recovered the ball. Uh, I think one player from each team continued playing, but since the defense didn't all continue playing, they called it dead. They cowered. They didn't want to make the difficult call. They didn't want Gus to give them the, the sad, frowny face and not be able to eat at Waffle House. So they just hand wrap the game for Auburn, which is just disgusting. So biggest lose, and then oh, what's even better? The SEC comes out and gives some cockamamie story about you know a press release about what happened, dude. How about this? I'll have a lot more respect for you if you'll come out and say, you know what, we screwed up, Arkansas. We're sorry. We totally screwed up. We cost you the game. You should be uh, two and one, and Auburn should be one and two. Our sincerest apologies. I would have much more respect for the losers that are the SEC office. I'm over my rant. Continue on. That was a good rant. And on top of that, if I'd have been more coherent last week when we were talking about rule changes, I would have have mentioned the one that I I have hated for years and years and years, and that is the one about intentional grounding. Intentional grounding is not a penalty. It's not a penalty. If you go back there and and you throw it away, and there's no receiver, or you're not out of the tackle box, or whatever, what do they do? They spot it there, and they give you a loss of down. Well, yeah. guess what? If you'd have got sacked there, it would have been the same down and the same yardage. There's no penalty for intentional grounding. So you might as well intention, you might as well try it, Which even is what if they Nick's throw the does flag. every time. Exactly. You you need they need to add five yards to the intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. And I know I know the rule that they went through there about the whistle not, you know blowing the play dead and the spike and whatever. But it's no question it was it was a backwards pass if you want to say that or a backwards spike. I've never even seen a backwards which is spike. which is a fumble. You know that's right. But at the very least, 
even if you can't say it was immediately recovered by the defense, it's still a fumble. It should be marked where you you call it a mm-hmm. non-immediate coverage. Yeah. You don't yep. just erase that part of the play. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I it should agree. have been six or seven yards backwards. Not saying they still wouldn't have kicked the field goal, but still, you just don't. I, I, I was flabbergasted. So move move on, dude. Yeah, yeah. You've really got me riled up tonight. Right, well, good. Good. If you don't listen to Sports with JT, you'll get riled up again tomorrow night. Well, All right. By hey, gosh, I might. We are, we are running way short on time. The other losers I've got are LSU and Mississippi State and Texas Big 12. Quickly, LSU. I mean, we've said it already. Coach O is who we thought he was. They are – they're they're not good. And what the the play I was watching replays right here, the play that sums up their mentality right now. Derek Stingley Jr. preseason All American, not preseason All SEC. Of course, he got that too. Preseason All American, open field. He totally whiffs on a Missouri receiver. Like a, an All American does not do that. And I think that's just the mentality of their team. The wheels can come off. They've got Florida this weekend at the swamp. The wheels can come off. Um, Mississippi State, my goodness, they have gone from 34 points to 14 points to two points. I mean, come on, Leach, you got to have a plan B. And Texas, Texas, Oklahoma, we said it last week. This time, this week, we're going to get be able to say that Texas is on a two-game losing streak or Oklahoma is on a three. It is Texas. Two-game losing streak, Texas and Oklahoma eliminated from the CFP. I'm going to go quickly through these three as well. Missouri beats LSU. You know what I found was an amazing stat in this game? Missouri lost the turnover battle three to nothing. I did not know still, that. And still beat LSU. LSU is falling now squarely in that realm where I had Notre Dame last year. I quit talking about irrelevant teams moving forward. LSU is is irrelevant. Yeah. For this year, I mean that they're done. Mississippi State. I got I got a question for you here. Are you still taking Costello over Knicks? Uh, I don't. I didn't watch enough of the game. I think it's probably either or right now. You know. I mean, he only he only got him down the field twice for two extra points on the day. Yeah. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> and as far as you know, I looked at the Big Twelve too, just just to see what was going on there. Iowa State and Oklahoma State are the two teams at the top of the Big 12. Oklahoma State, they have a schedule that's not going to be conducive to them running it. I don't think they're good enough to run it anyway, but they have have yet to really play anybody. The second-place team out there, I say second-place team, scratch that. Tied for first place is Iowa State. They are an absolute 3-0 juggernaut in the Big 12 with wins over Iowa. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and TCU. Their lone loss, they lost to Louisiana by 17. Oh, yeah, the Sun Belt Week. Yeah, keep 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 them in the loser's bracket indefinitely. I'll let you know when to let them out. Yeah, I'm like you. I, I think this is the last week that LSU makes the, the losers. Unless they go on a, on a five-game winning streak and then drop a heartbreaker there, we're done with them because they, they don't matter anymore. And that's a sad place to be. Uh, when that happens. So let's get to the game of the week. We've got Georgia at Bama, number three, coming in versus number two. Uh, 
you know, we have, if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you're a Bama fan, except for our one lone Florida Gator. And uh, Who's that? That'd be Topher. Chris. What? Topher. Allen hey, from uh, the greater Montgomery area. But, uh, you know, this game has been broken down. We've been This game has been circled by both teams. Uh, as soon as we found out we were going to – well, we're supposed to be week three, which week three was supposed to be about three weeks ago. But, uh, you know, we, we knew this was going to be the game. Game day was going to be there, night game, no question about it. So, we the, the game has been dissected and dissected. You know, we really did think that we had no idea Stetson uh, – Bennett the fourth would be starting for Georgia, but outside of that, I, I mean, you know, Vegas has this at around a four and a half to six. I think it moved to six uh, earlier today, which means Bama's taking the action. And normally that would be bad, but I'm going to tell you who took action Saturday. Everybody was on Ole Miss and the over, and both teams covered easily. So sometimes the public is right, and I, I think the public's going to be right this time. I, there's no way we can play worse on defense. We can play as bad, but there's no way we can play worse. And uh, I feel like it's a wake-up call. I, I, Bennett, even though I did say earlier he is mobile, he is definitely not Matt Corral. I mean, Corral is an athlete playing quarterback. Stetson Bennett is a quarterback that is a fleet of foot. Uh, but I think we're going to hammer down on defense this week in practice. I don't see any reason Mac Jones is not going to move the offense. Uh, the offensive line will be challenged about this defense, you know, with, with Georgia's defensive front. And bottom line is, you know, if Guarantano doesn't act like a freshman, that game could have easily been closer to the Tennessee-Georgia game. But uh, I, I think quarterback is going to be the difference, and I think we have the best of the two. This is the hands-down best defense versus best offense in the SEC possibly in the country georgia has only got one challenger which is clemson for best defense alabama i guess their only challenger is old miss (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say clemson (laughs) sadly now here's here's a question for you though and i was thinking about that would you have rather old miss played the game against Bama after Georgia or where they or where they did it what do you mean would I've rather play Georgia than Ole Miss no yeah knowing now that the Ole Miss game is not going to change whether we played it before or after Georgia do you do you think it's an advantage for Georgia to realize hey this defense is vulnerable or do you think it's uh, an advantage for Alabama to say, hey, we've got to do something different? Now, you only got a week to make corrections if you can correct giving up over 600 <laughs> yards of offense. But if, if, we, if we'd have played Georgia last week, people would have been thinking going into that game, Georgia and Alabama have the best two defenses in the SEC. Yeah. And now... I don't know that people look at Alabama as a top 20 defense in the country. And it's hard to it's hard to argue with that point until you, you do something different. But it is sort of a topsy-turvy season already since we did shut down pretty much A&M except for some late garbage score. Same with Missouri. And both of those teams have shown life in the SEC as A&M 
has already beat a top five team in Florida in the East. So it's it's very very interesting dynamic there. But I I couldn't decide whether I would have rather shown Georgia we were vulnerable on defense or you know taught our defense some lessons that they're going to have to buckle down and play better in this game. I think I think probably the way I think you're leaning this way, uh, and I think I'm feel the same way is it's better that the Ole Miss game has already been played and everybody Bama has seen it and so has Georgia because we know we know where we've got to get better and you know the concerning part is man, they wore the tight end out and is Georgia going to try to do the same but we uh I, I, we're going to be ready we are you know Saban lives for this game the only my concern is uh that the stat they keep beating to death is you know a, a Saban assistant has never beaten him that's going to come to an end I just it hope is. it's not this weekend. So, uh, but I, I've got Bama winning and covering. I got Bama winning and covering. Nice, I, nice. I don't, I don't think Georgia can replicate the Ole Miss offense in, in a week's time. No. If they do, you'll get back there and 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 Thurston Howell will drop back to pass and he'll short circuit and you know who knows what'll happen then. But yeah. uh, I, I like us. Yeah, I do too. All right, since we both picked Bama to cover, let's get into our bets recapped. Oh, wait, before we start recapping, I want to tell the listening audience, I don't always take Bama, neither does JT. That's not a homer pick. Now, granted, we thought we were better at the beginning of the year than we are now, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, but I see something in this game particularly with the way the line – there was a lot of speculation the line was going to come out as Georgia's slight favorite there. It was a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. And uh, in some places we opened up close to seven. So take that for what it's worth. No, I agree. And another line that's out of whack that I – we I, oh, I'm going to cover the line that's out of whack. But let's recap the bets. Uh, oh, I went to, I went 2-0 and last week. And proof positive we don't always pick Bama. I had Ole Miss plus 23 – Tom stole my pick. He had a – I wanted to take A&M. He did not allow me to. So, I had to slum it with Clemson minus 15. I went 2-0. How would you do, Tom? I almost had outright victory with a 16-point dog in Arkansas. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Should have had an outright victory if not for those darn refs. So, so let's go on to next week. Okay. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he had Florida if you're keeping score at home. And uh, that was been my number one play all week. All right, so the bets for this week, I have game one. I've got Mississippi State plus six and a half over A&M. And this is, there, there's some lines out of whack, and this is one of them. A&M travels to Starkville. Mississippi State has, got, has regressed uh, both weeks after beating LSU. A&M should be a 10 to 14-point favorite, and it's six and a half, five and a half, whatever it is. State's going to win this game outright. I don't know how they are, though. Trust me. Okay, so I see now that you won't let me go first anymore because you want to steal some of my plays. We flipped last, it every week, my friend. You went last, first last week. I go, with, I go first every week. That's the rule. <laughs> And you just jumped in there this week and took Mississippi State plus six and a half. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm sorry, guys. Y'all are only going to get to play three chickens this week because we're. I'm also on Mississippi State plus six and a half because, like you said, that is the weirdest line of the season right there. That is the one that you wait for going, 
what the heck? And you can go out there and talk to every Joe Schmo on the street, and every one of them are going to say, A&M's fixing to win that game by 40. Mississippi State, outright upset. Play the money line. Yeah, I agree. You're going to you're gonna get to bet four because I took uh, I put two games down for my second game in case Tom stole one. But I'll go ahead and roll into my second Wait. game. Yep. What if you take my second one? Well, Shouldn't then, I go first again well, since then, you have all these backups? Then go for it. Go for it. Give me your game two. Game two is also an underdog with the wrong team favored. I'll take the South Carolina game, Cocks. No shot should Auburn be favored in this game. On the road, South Carolina has not played bad football. They played a very tough schedule so far. They've handled their business against a lone inferior team. Wrong team's favored here. Yeah, and that well, you're only going to get to play three, ladies and gentlemen, because that was my backup pick. <laughs> so uh, we've got Mississippi State. We've got South Carolina. The other line that's out of whack is uh, is Florida minus thirteen and a half. Um, they they came. They're coming off a loss. LSU's coming off a loss. I feel like that line should be eight and a half to ten, and it opened at fourteen. It's down to thirteen and a half. Everybody's going to take LSU, thinking you're, they're going to get sucked into the well. LSU's national champs, and they scored a ton of points on Missouri. Florida's about to bring out the whooping stick on them. So take Florida, give up the points. So we got Mississippi State plus six and a half, USC plus two and a half or three, depending on your book, and then Florida minus 13 and a half. I like uh, that Florida. We were simpatico across the board today. That never happens. No, it really I, doesn't. I like that Florida game too. And uh, go ahead and since we only got three games, just go ahead and do a box turn. Pays twelve to yeah, one. Yeah, do them. Hey, throw Bam in there. We were on board <laughs> with that too. We were actually four out of. We we didn't disagree on anything tonight. That is an absolute first. Yeah, I think so. All right, we're going to get into CFP predictions, projections. Tom, my gosh, I'm going to let you go first so I don't get reprimanded. Yes, please, please. All right, first out of the gate, there's no question. Clemson dominating both sides of the ball. Easy schedule. Cakewalk to the uh, playoff they're in, Clemson. My second team is typically Alabama. I'm bumped into third. I still have them in there. Even if they were to lose to Georgia on Saturday, they have an opportunity to get back because I think Georgia is the toughest game by far left on their schedule, and they can get redemption in the championship game. But I still have Bama covering Saturday, so I like Bama, but I've got them in the three spot. Next time I'd probably put them in the two, but I just can't get them in the two spot with 600 yards of defense. um, In the two spot, I've got Penn State. (laughs) Big 10. That's right. That's right. Big Ten, they get Ohio State in the second game of the year. They only play, what, a seven-game schedule. That's on Halloween. That's the end of this month. They're fixing to start playing. Yeah, you didn't think they were, but they are. Halloween, Penn State (laughs) beats Ohio State. The only other tough game they have left on their schedule is at Michigan, and if they've already beaten Ohio State, they can drop that game and still get there. I got Penn State going. And then in the fourth spot, because the Big 12 has needled themselves out, I have the Oregon-USC winner. Uh, they don't even play in the regular season. Each of these two teams has a six-game cupcake schedule. Neither one of them play a ranked team, mainly because they're the only two ranked Pac-12 teams. So they'll both likely meet in the championship game, even if they just have one loss apiece. 
but the winner gets in. Clemson, Penn State, Alabama, Oregon, USC winner. Okay, I, I don't know where uh, – so Georgia's not even in your top four. That's wonderful news. All right, I've got Clemson number one, no doubt there. I've got – I like you. I would have had Bama at two. I didn't. I put them to three. I have Georgia at two. Because what I'm doing is I'm ranking – first off, to be in my rankings, you have to actually be playing tackle football at the moment. Pac-12's not playing. Big Ten's not <laughs> playing. They're not eligible for this. I put Clemson one, Georgia two, Bama three – and I know I built up Notre Dame a while ago. I just can't. I can't put them. I cannot put Notre Dame there. I'm going to go Oklahoma State, even though I have zero confidence they're going to make it. I'm going with Oklahoma State at four. So I am Clemson, Georgia, Bama, Oklahoma State. Well, that that top four sucks. <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> All right, we are lagging bad again. Tom is a master of figuring this out, though, so he will splice it together. And if I had not uh, pulled the curtain back there, you would have no clue. But we're going to close it. Hey, we almost made it to the end without lagging. Uh, So if you're – we're going to close out. Remember, if you're traveling from Columbia, South Carolina this weekend, turn around because the game's at home. But if you insist on going to Auburn, go west till you smell it and then south till you step in it. Take it easy, guys.